are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jesse Browning. All right, all right, all right. Good morning, good afternoon, good, good night, maybe, I don't know, good early morning. Are you having a good walk? Maybe you're cleaning. I love to listen to stuff when I have the vacuum out because um, it's loud and so you might as well listen to a podcast. When else do I listen? Oh, when walking, obviously driving. Are you driving? Probably. Are you at work and you put your headphones in because you're like doing like dead entry today so you can just like listen to something? Hi, everyone. So let me tell you about what's happening in my world right now. It is Sunday in Texas. It's January 10th when I'm recording this. It is snowing in Texas, in like central west is where I live, like west Texas, the beginning of west Texas is where I live now, and as as I'm recording this, we have two inches of snow on the ground, which is bonkers for Texas, bonkers, we've had, I think, four snows, three, no, maybe three snows this season, October, New Year's Eve, and today, I think that's more than my mom has in Massachusetts. So it's so strange. It's beautiful outside. It's like a winter wonderland. But what is the strangest thing is I live on a lake. And at that lake, there are seagulls. So when I go outside, I wish I could bring my recorder out and you could hear it, but that, that you wouldn't be able to hear it. <laughs> I go outside, it's snowing, and I look at a lake and I hear seagulls. And I'm in Texas and I'm like, what sort of weird place is this right now (laughs) so it's a magical day today and when you're listening to this it will probably be hot and sunny and 80 degrees (laughs) in texas don't worry we'll be back to texas all right enough about this magical snow land i'm i'm looking at right now while i'm recording this intro let's talk about april i've got april on the show this week and ready to hear about april let me read you so April is a fellow podcast host, and that's how I got connected to her. We were both associated with Asa Collective, which is a group. What's a group? A collective? Uh, assemblage? <laughs> Whatever. Of women who podcast. And they're there to support women podcasters and build community and become a network for women podcasters. Amazing, right? So April has a podcast also on this network called Asa, which is spelled O-S-S-A. And that's how April and I connected and we were in like a conference call and I was like, she has a story. I know she has a story and I bet she'll share it. And she did. But let me tell you about April's podcast. It's called The Other Side of 40. And I'm going to read to you her her intro to her, her show. Ready? The Other Side of 40 is a podcast to help women live a guilt-free life. We focus on the epiphanies that happen to us somewhere around the age of 40 and support women making positive changes in their lives. Boom. Right? So obviously, like just from that, you know what you 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 know me. You've been listening. You're like, oh, yeah. Jesse was like, that's my girl. You know, like April and I, we're gonna chat. And April's amazing. She's amazing, and I love that she called it epiphanies, the middle aged epiphanies, not the middle aged. What do you want to call it? Crisis. Middle aged epiphanies, y'all. Midlife epiphanies. I I like that so much more. It's not a crisis. It's an epiphany. Instead of epiphany, it's an awakening. I totally agree. All right. So listen to the show. Go follow April and listen to our podcast. Um, Without further ado, let's go listen to the interview. 
have April with me today. Hey, April. Hey. Hey. So um, I always like to ask people to tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself before mm-hmm. we hear your story. So what what do we need to know about you? What are your what are your stats? <laughs> what are my stats? Um, <laughs> goodness, that's it depends right. on which it, which industry right. we're looking at. Um, I know, right? <laughs> family. My stats are husband, mm-hmm. uh, four kids, one in heaven, mm-hmm. age range sixteen to six. Work stats, I've been a state mother for the last basically decade. And before that, I've got my law degree and worked in the legal field, have not passed the bar. So I, you know, I always throw that in there because people like to, you know, start asking me attorney questions. And I'm like, you're like, no, no, I'm not trying to get in trouble like that. So I'm good. And I call myself a Jill of all trades, but based on a podcast that I actually just did, uh, they called it um, multi-passionate or multi-potential candidate Ooh. yes okay okay um because a multi-potential candidate multi, okay yep because i'm going back to work okay and i don't know what to do with my resume because it looks like it's a little bit of a lot of things mm-hmm. <laughs> from the last mm-hmm. decade you know mm-hmm. i've done any everything from mlm sales to just starting my own business outright mm-hmm. and i'm a real estate agent and I just enjoy people. So mm-hmm. I enjoy networking and spending time with people. And so I've always had something. Staying at, at home was never my dream, nor my a full-time job. Like, mm-hmm. I did it. But you always had something else? I always had something else, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stay-at-home momming. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough. It's hard. It's rough. That's rough. I, I've, I was just talking earlier today to someone about uh, I've worked from home with my kids. I've mm-hmm. worked and sent my kids to babysitters. Mm-hmm. And I've also uh, spent a stay-at-home mom. I've, like, done it all. Yeah. And I, I can't tell you which. They're all different. They're all, they're all mm-hmm. different experiences. And I think the benefit I've had is each stage of their lives I've been able to kind of roll with them mm-hmm. so you know when they're babies they kind of need all that attention they mm-hmm. need all that love and they need all that mm-hmm. time and really you need all that sleep mm-hmm. um you so- got sleep during that time <laughs> as much as i could well i certainly wouldn't have had any sleep right, right at work right yeah, that's true. <laughs> so um i got a very little little sleep um because my now eight-year-old was attached to me so the only time mm-hmm. she would sleep was literally basically when i slept mm-hmm. she'd sleep on Funny. my chest Yep. Mm-hmm. And then she would go to sleep. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't put her down for anything in the world. It was really hard. But, you know, as they get older, I don't need to be on top of them. They get mm-hmm. their freedom. You know, you want them to explore their creativity and their independence. So, you know, stepping away and allowing them to have that. So, and now they are all pretty much flourishing, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully by January my, when my husband goes back to work, he, the, kids will go back to school hopefully you know numbers will covid numbers will come under control i mean that's really my only concern like Mm -hmm. i don't i don't have anything against it but i i really feel for the teachers i really wish there was Mm -hmm. a way to send them because this whole home and school thing for them is not the business and Mm -hmm. you can just Mm -hmm. see the stress on them and they are Mm -hmm. doing the best they can but they really are rough yeah it's rough (laughs) it's rough for everyone and you know it's still one of those things that if you told me a year ago, you know, 
November of last year, like, hey, come March, your kids aren't going to finish the school year. I would have been like, yeah, right. Sure. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, school always is always there. It's always there. You know, until, school, until it's not. Yeah. So. But I just, yeah, it's still. Oh, anyway. <laughs> so, you know, we, we focus on storytelling, and I'm yes. really excited to hear your story. So, we, we start our stories kind of, you know, it could be in the middle of it and it could not make any sense and have not context, but we have these moments where we can identify where things shifted, where we can say, you know, this can't be my life or just not this. Or I've added another one called this wasn't the plan. Mm-hmm. So do you have a moment like that? And then we can go back and contextualize and how you got there. But like, what's your moment? Oh my gosh. I have so many of those. Um, yeah, that's, that's quite often the case too. Yep. <laughs> Which one? Um, Whichever one you feel like, or do a couple. <laughs> well, I would say one that kind of sent me down the path that I'm in now yeah. is uh, having my first son. Mm-hmm. So one of the things was I got pregnant with my son in law school. Mm-hmm. His father was in grad school in another state. Okay. And he still had to take at least one summer class to finish, which means I was single momming it from my last semester of law school and taking the bar, which meant I didn't do that great because the baby was, you know, a baby and mm-hmm. sleeping and doing the single mom thing mm-hmm. is rough. And I wasn't even without the bar exam, girl. <laughs> even without the bar exam. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and that just really started me down the life that this this life because mm-hmm. like I said father was not local mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we really had to make some reassessments of what we were doing and how we were mm-hmm. doing it and you know how this relationship was going to go as two adults and everything worked out great for us so we've been married 13 years together 18 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it could have easily gone a different direction <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> Easily, yes. yeah. Easily, yeah. easily. Yeah. So people people look at us and they're like, well, you made it work. And I was like, it was a lot of work. Like, it was a lot right. of work from both of us being dedicated to making it work the whole time. Right. And right. I see a lot of people who, you know, get have the child first. And they're like, of course, we're going to get married. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, of course, I want everyone to get married who wants to get married. I don't mm-hmm. want to dissuade anybody. But it was a rough, rough, rough road. So how long was it before you got married? Five years. Five years? Yeah. We actually had a second child Mm -hmm. who passed away. Mm -hmm. And we actually, when I got pregnant with that one, I I told him, I I have a lot of single moms in my family. And Mm -hmm. I just looked at him and I said, this is it. Mm-hmm. We either become a couple and we're married or we call it a day and, you know, just do this co-parenting thing. Like, I'm just not going to keep popping out babies and mm-hmm. wonder whether or not you're going to stay. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he kind of looked at me surprised because I guess in his head he was like, of course I'm going to marry you. And I'm like, well, I didn't well, know that. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> Are you going to let me that know that little fact? Right, right. Yeah, like, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and it... it some in some ways because he's like a good guy and stuff he was trying to wait for that moment right Mm -hmm. making sure he had the right money and gave it did the Mm -hmm. right thing and i was just like listen i'm not that girl i don't Mm -hmm. need all of that i don't need you know the bended knee on top of everything and you know a big party instagrammable moment or whatever yeah like yeah i'm like i just need to know that that's 
your goal. Like, I need right. to know that's the direction we're headed. Right. And he basically looked at me and said, of course. And so, mm-hmm. but then we had our son and mm-hmm. he was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Okay. Which Tell basically, the easiest way to describe it is if you think of a heart, mm-hmm. a heart shape, and mm-hmm. then one side of the heart's deflated. Okay. So that's how his heart was born, heart born. how mm-hmm. he was born. And mm-hmm. he had surgery within seven days, open heart mm-hmm. surgery, mm-hmm. to basically make the right side of the heart work for mm-hmm. both sides. Because if you know anything about anatomy, one side of the heart brings in the blood and the yeah. other side, then it filters and then it leaves the heart on the other, uh, blood leaves the heart on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so they had to make the one side do both. And the surgery went well. But, you know, like COVID times, mm-hmm. little illnesses can d- have disastrous Just, mm-hmm. effects. So he got a infection and they were able to help him cure one and didn't catch the other one until because they couldn't see it. You know, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. when there was one infection, the way they were focusing on that and they had, he had two. So mm-hmm. he passed away. And that was, I would say, another moment mm-hmm. of mine. I'm sure. Because um, at the time for even with him, I knew he was sick mm-hmm. and I worked all day, every day mm-hmm. until I gave birth, like literally mm-hmm. to the day I went to work. Last day I went to, to work, I was having, so I stopped because I was doing public transportation. I was riding mm-hmm. the train, the, the Metrolink in LA. And one day I was like, I think I should drive in case I go into labor. And my girlfriend said, Okay, well, I'll drive with you. I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, and that was like maybe two weeks or so. And then I was driving. And if you know anything about LA traffic on the 10, it is bumper to bumper and it is ridiculous. And she's, you know, we're talking, but I'm having contractions. She's watching my hands. Uh-huh. I'm squeezing the, the wheel. And you haven't told time. her. And I didn't say anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you And I'm like, because I didn't want to stress her out. Like, yeah. I didn't want to stress her out. Like, oh my gosh, so you're about stuck to have in the traffic. baby. Yeah, <laughs> we couldn't go anywhere. And she's like, are you sure you're okay? And I'm like, I'll be okay. Because, you know, <laughs> having had another child, I had had some idea of what contractions felt like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it, it hurts, obviously, mm-hmm. but they're not going to admit me. Like, mm-hmm. I know for real, like, I'm going to go down there and they're going to send me back home. Cause they're going to, yeah, they're going to say, yeah, that's nice. You're in labor, but go home. We'll see you later. And <laughs> so um, I went into work. <laughs> I managed to make it to work. And the only thing I was doing at work at that point was cleaning up my do- desk. So I was cleaning up my desk and um, sending Getting boxes to storage, leave. getting mm-hmm. ready for maternity leave. I was just cleaning. Mm-hmm. And I got there and my other coworker like literally ran up to me. She's like, we're going now. <laughs> and I looked at her, I was like, for what? She's like, you're in labor and you need to get to the hospital. And I said, I promise you, they're not going to admit me. She's like, well, I want them to tell me. And mm-hmm. I and we went, we were there maybe an hour and they said, no dilation, you're at zero. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, go home. so i went back to work i finished out the day but because he we knew he was sick he Mm -hmm. it was going to be better for him to uh be birthed in a different hospital than the hospital we would have normally been birthed in so Mm -hmm. yeah so we i stayed at a friend's house who lived much closer closer Uh to the hospital and i went to labor that night and then i woke up in the middle of the night i was like okay now now it's time to go right now now this is it (laughs) go time call jeff have him meet me there my girlfriend's like what do i do i was like nothing like 
just drive me <laughs> just drive just, just drive you know just mm-hmm. we'll figure out the car situation later just just drive and then i was in full-blown labor by that time mm-hmm. so because i worked that much and i was working as a, a corporate paralegal mm-hmm. I was working long hours and honestly, I would say I enjoyed it for the most part. Like Mm -hmm. I enjoyed working the long hours. I enjoyed, you know, doing all the things that we do as lawyers Mm -hmm. and or paralegals. And I never really thought about it. Mm -hmm. But then when so because he was sick and he had open heart Mm -hmm. surgery, we ended up having to stay in the Ronald McDonald's house because Mm -hmm. it was too far to go back home every day. And just spending so much time with my other son, who was at the time three, mm-hmm. he like knew all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know how to explain it. It was just like he knew all this stuff that I didn't teach him. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he, he was very smart. I mean, all of them are quite bright, but it was like he knew his ABCs, he knew how to count. We were he was already working on adding. And I was just like, I've missed all of that. Like, mm-hmm. I was not involved in it. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we played games in the car, every, you know, driving to the babysitters. But that was, mm-hmm. what, 15 minutes a day? 15, 20 minutes a day each way. So, but not really. Right. So right. it really made me reassess what I was doing mm-hmm. and whether or not that was the direction I wanted to continue going. So I looked for another job. And oddly enough, the job I got after that was a job I actually applied to before the job I had. And the position was still open. And I just called them up and I said, the position's still open. What's going on? And they said, actually, we liked you the most. Are you still uh. available? And I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> They're like, we need to, you know, we need to take that next step because I had done the initial interview, but I didn't do the mm-hmm. second interview. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we, well, we need to do the second interview, but you pretty much got it. I mean, mm-hmm. just come down here. Oh, and wow. that changed my life from working on average plus commute about 12 hours a day to just an eight hour a day with 15 minute commute time each way. Wow. It was a huge change. I mean, hours given back to me mm-hmm. every day. And was this after your baby had passed? Yeah. 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 How long? Was it another boy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Alexander, oh, mm-hmm. seven weeks. Seven weeks. Yeah. Was he in the hospital the whole time? Most of the time. So he mm-hmm. came home for one week and I don't, and he got sick one week. Yeah. I, I didn't see any sickness from anybody, but somehow he picked something up and, you know, I didn't, no one hold, held him or anything, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's been a lot of time, just, mm-hmm. you know, blaming yourself, like, mm-hmm. cause we did go out a couple of times, but you know, not, not touching, but people want to see him, you know, he was six months mm-hmm. old, I uh, six weeks old. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, here he is, <laughs> you know, the yeah, showing. Like, yes. Yeah. We hold the <laughs> see, look, this way. There yeah, he we is. Have this, yeah. <laughs> Isn't he cute? Yeah. Um, and uh, he was home for one week. And then mm-hmm. he went to the hospital for the last week of his life mm-hmm. and then passed away. So he was seven weeks old when he passed. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. It's uh, mm-hmm. It was hard. Th- it was definitely hard then. And so I went through like a major depressive period after mm-hmm. that as well. Mm-hmm. So I was out of work for probably three months, three, four mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. And... You know, just trying to put put everything back together because being mm-hmm. a Christian, it was honestly it was really hard, especially mm-hmm. being a Christian, because here I have all I have, like I said, a bunch of single moms in my family. Mm-hmm. And I I don't judge them for being single moms at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm like I had a cousin who had she was like on her fifth kid. 
mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. different fathers. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, You're like, I, I don't want to do that, right? Well, no, not just that. I'm like, I have one solid guy. We're both educated. Mm-hmm. I did everything yeah. that we were supposed to do, right? <laughs> right, right. You know, I'm like, it's just me and him. We're settling down. We're going to have a family. And mm-hmm. kid number two passes away. Yeah. She's popping out kid number five. Mm-hmm. And she lives her life recklessly. She's around, all, you know, doing her thing. And mm-hmm. and I'm just like, why? how is this fair? It was really right. just like, how is this fair? I don't understand it. I don't understand what I'm supposed to be learning. I don't understand what I'm supposed to get from this. And mm-hmm. honestly, I don't even know because, you know, she also wasn't Christian. And so mm-hmm. I was like, how is someone who doesn't live a Christian life able to just kind of live? Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of prayer. It was a lot of therapy. It was a lot mm-hmm. of church therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a lot of talking to my husband because he is very solid in his word. And for me to just be okay. So that took yeah. probably, I mean, the deep depression was like three to four months, but mm-hmm. you know, it took me a good three to four years to get out of that. I believe it. I believe it. And um, the loss of a child, I don't remember what the statistic was. I could have told you at one point of how that can lead to a failed marriage is mm-hmm. however, five or six more times or whatever. It's, yeah. it's, you know, in the top, whatever stressors of, of a partnership. Yeah. I, and and so, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could see it. I'm assuming you had to be really intentional in that time. I I was not, but my husband mm-hmm. was. Okay. <laughs> I yep. will I'll say, say that. Somebody was. If y'all yeah. are still together, yeah. somebody was like, oh, we're doing this. You know? Yeah, I was mm-hmm. not. I mean, I never blamed him, mm-hmm. but ultimately he also never blamed me either. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think a lot of times when there's a death of a child, blame starts going around, fingers yes. start getting pointed. But, you know, I blamed myself. You know, Mm -hmm. like, what did I do? Because I was the one home with him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he spent basically every day coming home saying, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. It's not your fault. Like, I love you. We love you. We're still here. Things happen. And Mm -hmm. even as hard as it was to hear, that's really just the truth of the matter. Things happen. So after you come Mm -hmm. out of like... This was this is what we were talking about before is Mm -hmm. when you got the new job. Was this around the time when you started to come out of like the major depressive period Mm -hmm. is when you got a new job? Yeah. All right. So tell us about, you know, and so and okay. so is this when you got married too or got engaged was around this time? Okay, so (laughs) the marriage. Uh So we from the time I'm I said something to the Mm -hmm. time he proposed was probably three weeks Okay. Um, and then from that time to marriage was five weeks. Okay. But was so, this around that same time? It, it was, was like before. After, no, before. It was before you had before this baby? Before we had the baby, yeah. Okay. So okay. Um, I was just like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's get married. I was like, let's, for me, I was like, let's go to the courthouse. He's like, no, I have to get married in the church. And so I was like, fine. I'm such an go obstinate. book it. Let's go. Right. <laughs> I'm such an obstinate bride. Yeah. I was just like, whatever. I got married in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whatever. So we went to our church. We're like, when are you available? Yeah. And they're like, like yep. <laughs> they're like, this Saturday was like uh, this, uh, the fourth Saturday in January. Mm-hmm. It's like perfect for my gifts. So the only thing I really paid for for my wedding was me. So I paid for my okay. hair, my makeup, my outfit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't pay for anything else. So the food was donated. I So instead of giving gifts... I just told everyone a, to donate to the wedding. So that's a great idea. Yeah. We had a caterer, he made food and he's like, Well, what do you want? I was like, listen, what is the highest the highest 
eaten food, like the most popular food, mm-hmm. that's the cheapest for you to make. Like, <laughs> I yeah. was like whatever that is. And what did they like, say? <laughs> uh, chicken wings and spaghetti. I was like, it's a weird mix for <laughs> That is hilarious for combination. But sure. But, we didn't have any leftovers. <laughs> it was all it. gone. I he's, love it. He's like, he's like, it's cheap. It's good. Everyone likes it. And he was right. And perfect. You know, I was just like, what a great question for a caterer, <laughs> by the way, everybody listening, just to ask them, ask them what works the best. And the only thing after the fact, it was like, I probably, cause I was afraid to eat cause you know, wearing mm-hmm. white. So that was the only problem for me. Cause I didn't mm-hmm. want to end up spilling anything. Cause I'm not exactly mm-hmm. like the, <laughs> the cleanest same. eater yeah <laughs> so you know but everyone ate um people donated i got someone to donate a special wedding cake and then i had like the the crowd's wedding cake someone mm-hmm. did the invitations someone did um the decorations and obviously the sanctuary was free mm-hmm. and then the church basically donated like the reception hall for the reception mm-hmm. so we didn't do like alcohol or anything like that it mm-hmm. was just a, a sober wedding we were done by like three o'clock and everyone went home so it was super simple i don't look pregnant but for some reason like right after that like my stomach like jumped out so like in my <laughs> my wedding photos it's like oh you look good i was like yeah i'm five months pregnant and it's like yeah and then in six months i'm like about to you know here i'm like well, boom right boom <laughs> this is what i look like so yeah so say so there's that moment where you decided to get t- take a career change mm-hmm. and it sounded like that like i'm like what was that it sounds like there was a a, a occupational shift that happened there what happened what happened with that job is that something you, you worked did at for a while or then yeah i actually mm-hmm. did that for about five years and that became i did more administrative work at a law firm so okay. i did one of the problems with finding a job after immediately after graduation and mm-hmm. not passing the bar and actually liking law mm-hmm. is that if you have a law degree on your resume it's actually a detriment because they're waiting for you to take the bar and then and then leave right, or ask right. for a permit promotion right. or say like, hey, I know I was hired for as a paralegal, but can I get a job as a lawyer? And they're they don't want to be in that situation. Right. Always upward mobility. Right. People. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So um, this the job that I ended up taking was the first one that I had my resume on. I mean, my law degree on mm-hmm. and it was a benefit. So I didn't actually work in the legal side of the firm. I worked in conflicts. So conflicts okay. in short is you work on behalf of your clients and you want to make sure you don't accidentally work on behalf of anyone that any of your clients are against. So you don't want to be working for the Lakers and the Bulls, right? You don't want to accidentally do that. (laughs) You want to say, I'm in LA, we'll work with only LA teams and you know, the one set of LA teams and that's it. We don't want to accidentally work for the Clippers or the whatever. And so there's this whole system that firms go through. There has to be checks and balances. I never realized this, but yeah, of course. Yeah. And okay. so a lot of people actually don't know. And so if you watch the movies, they'll they'll allude to it because they'll say, well, if you have a really good attorney, like in divorce, especially in divorce, mm-hmm. they'll recommend calling all the other attorneys, you know, so they'll be conflicted out of the matter. Because if they talk to you about the matter, then you'll get conflicted out. Because mm-hmm. if somebody advises you about it, then you'll have some confidential information about it. And then you can't represent the other side now. But that's where my department comes into play because we end up being the barrier for a lot of that. 
So Love when that. people call in, we can be like, oh, we can't talk to you. Mm-mm. And we don't take that next step where the the potential client can still talk to an attorney. So you're the gatekeepers. We're the gatekeeper to make sure that doesn't happen, but mm-hmm. and to also make sure that people don't do that kind of, you know, calling around uh-huh. to to poison the well, if you will. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Shit I didn't know happened in the world. <laughs> there are some Love really that. shitty people out there. That's what Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. really what the book <laughs> the basis yeah, of right. that is. There are people that make it their job to try to work every system they possibly can. Exactly. And if exactly. you've never come across one in the world, consider yourself lucky. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was great because it was a nine to five. Mm-hmm. I like to work. I like to work alone. I did autonomously. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just give me my work. I'll do it. It was perfect. And then the day came up where my husband and I were talking and mm-hmm. I was really getting out of the depression aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we had a, you know, a frank conversation about having more kids. Mm-hmm. Now, kids were never on my radar at all. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm good with the one. If you want more, I also didn't mind being pregnant. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. So mm-hmm. I was like, if you want more, I don't mind, you know, giving you more children. And so he was like, I definitely want more. And I was like, okay, then. And then I go off the birth control, having been on it for four years, mm-hmm. get pregnant that that month. <laughs> <laughs> so I was expecting a little bit more lead time. Right, a little, little adjustment period. <laughs> Just a little. Um, <laughs> and so... It really, then that conversation came up because it mm-hmm. came up much faster than I thought of whether I was going to work, continue working. Yeah. So, and the biggest issue was, so I was talking about, I was working 12 hours a day with commute time and stuff. So was my mm-hmm. husband. Mm-hmm. And with me being close, it was okay because we only had the one kid. So it was like, I could still pick him up from childcare at five and, you know, have and be home. But adding another child into that mix Mm -hmm. was just a whole different dynamic. Mm -hmm. And especially with the way the school daycare and the based on the hours I needed to work, the daycare and the after school program, there was almost no way for Mm -hmm. me to schedule pickup time. Right. Right. (laughs) Because I had no 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 time. I had to pick up my daughter first. But to get off of work, it's closer to pick up my daughter. But then to pick up my son, they'd be closed by the time I picked up my daughter. <laughs> and I couldn't send my the place where, because my son was too old, I couldn't send him to the daycare to the same place. <laughs> of my daughter. Yeah. Because they were, you know, it was most of the places, you know, they were daycare. So it was yeah. like, you know, two years old to six years old. The well, once you're in mm-hmm, first yeah, grade. Yeah, once you're in first yeah. grade, you know, you, you got to really, go to school. Yeah, exactly. And so they didn't have a place for him. So I'm like, I don't exactly know what to do. And then it's like, or we can bring in another person. And I was like, this is just getting way too complicated. And, and then, then money. And then money. But then and then my emotion. I really just mm-hmm. took into my emotional and uh, mm-hmm. mental spirit about it all. And mm-hmm. I was just like, and then I get to do this every day. And right. not to not to say I felt that he was lucky because he was, you know, he wasn't home yet, but I'd have to do this every day, get dinner ready, get them to bed. And basically mm-hmm. my husband got home after bedtime, like right. after I put him into bed, enough time to normally read them a story. Right. So, but he didn't do any of the things before. So I was just like, I just don't see how I would 
manage to do this for more than mm-hmm. a couple months before I mm-hmm. drain myself, cra- drive mm-hmm. myself crazy. Mm-hmm. So then you had to make a choice. So then I had to make a choice. And, and I am very thankful that he was on board <laughs> with that yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so did you work until you had your daughter? This one I did take off because this one. So the first one was a cesarean. The second mm-hmm. one I was trying to do a VBAC. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I didn't want to dilate, um, I ended up getting sick, which meant mm-hmm. with compounded with his heart defect it was like mm-hmm. i couldn't wait mm-hmm. so that was basically two cesareans so by the time my daughter was coming it was just like yeah yeah we're we're, <laughs> we're just scheduled yeah. yeah just scheduled scheduled yeah. so um i worked pretty much up until but it was a different dynamic like i didn't go into labor so right 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 it was just like it's, we're having a baby saturday we'll get yep. everything in order yeah that's good so then you've stayed home for from that point on for about 10 years now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how has that been to change from, you know, someone who's in this like legal profession track to now like a stay at home mom? We've talked about how you always had something else going on, too. Yeah. You weren't just like home making popsicle crafts. You were always doing something else. <laughs> what was that like for your mindset? What was that like? Like, did you have to do any, you know, like emotional, spiritual, you know, whatever work to be, you know, or were you just like, no, this is what I wanted. And I didn't know this is what I wanted. Oh, man. It's <laughs> an interesting question. I went into it open, right? Because yeah. yeah. I, because I had my son, mm-hmm. we were part of a play group. And I would say half the moms were already stay-at-home moms. So I had okay. already heard from them kind of their experience mm-hmm. of being home, which is mm-hmm. why I started doing other things on the side. Because... Mm-hmm. They were, knew. I knew that I would need at least something just to keep my mm-hmm. mind going. Yep. So, you know, one, one of my friends uh, made cakes and one of my friends, she was like the assistant for her husband's business. Now, none of, neither one of them were full time, but I knew it was just something to k- kind of keep their mind and talk mm-hmm. to adults, force them to talk to adults during the day. That's a big part of it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I would say the biggest emotional toll was actually other women. They weren't very kind to the idea that I was a stay-at-home mom. And that was probably the hardest part because mm-hmm. I would be very excited to like meet someone and you know start talking to them. And they're like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And they're like, oh, so what do you do all day? And I'm like, well... <sighs> take care of my kids and, you know, take care of the house. And, you know, I kind of have these other things. And, you know, once, especially once they found out I had a law degree, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, so you're just going to waste your degree. (laughs) And I was, you know, so it definitely sent me, I wouldn't send me into like a deep depression, but it was really, it Mm -hmm. was a real struggle for me to Mm -hmm. wrap my mind around this choice that I had made Mm -hmm. and what others expected of me yep. and and then I had the other side of well you're lucky you know you guys got all that money because uh-huh. you get to stay home I'm like nah we just don't do a lot of things like <laughs> our budget only goes so far yep and you know we didn't do uh dates we didn't do a lot of date night out we didn't mm-hmm. we don't take a lot of trips we certainly didn't do Disneyland you know mm-hmm. people are like well we do Disneyland you know two or three times a year I'm like that's like five to $700 each trip. Each like, trip. <laughs> I don't have that kind of money. Like, we just don't have it in our budget. And as much as we wanted to go, it's just never in the cards for mm-hmm. us to go. And I don't think a lot of women understand how much 
you really have to be intentional with being a stay-at-home mom. It's mm-hmm. not just something you kind of do. And not to say there aren't women who do it, but I would say the vast majority are very intentional when they're home. Mm-hmm. They're very intentional um, with their families, their mm-hmm. kids, because they do know that every day is the same. Every day is mm-hmm. pretty much the same. Monotony. The mm-hmm. monotony of it all. Um, and trying to really make it something and yeah. make it memorable and not have that monotony fall onto the kids as, you know, mm-hmm. a depression. Like, oh, we're going to do that again. And, you know, mom and dad go, yeah, again. Um, yeah. Do it again. <laughs> so yeah. it was a it was a huge mind shift of like, mm-hmm. how do I manage this? How do I speak to it? And how do I feel comfortable in this decision I made when mm-hmm. I had so many, like I said, women feel not great about the mm-hmm. idea that I stayed home? Mm-hmm. There so. is, I asked that <laughs> because <laughs> there is so many feelings projected onto stay at home moms. Yes. And, and it wasn't even like, I need to do some historical research of when we came up with this term. And I think that's when this shit started, Yeah, you know, of like, like even I think we're about the same age when mm-hmm. we were little, I mean, my mom wasn't called, well, she, she worked, she was a waitress at night. My parents did shift work, you know, mm-hmm. but like stay at home mom was just barely becoming a thing. Yeah. You know, I, I, it was, it wasn't a concept. It wasn't a term we used. Yeah. And I think adding that term in has made it into this, like, I don't know. This just, thing. This thing that's very amorphous and judged. Yes. And yeah. it's, um, fantasized about like this like eating bonbons and watching Oprah or something all day right you know and it's so much more than that it is so much more it's Mm -hmm. very taxing I mean Mm -hmm. it's very rewarding though like Mm -hmm. you know I got to volunteer at my son's school Mm -hmm. and I would take my daughter and we would go and she would help you know do little things Mm -hmm. and it was a good time but it was I it was hard for me to go home and also still feel proud when talking Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. other people Mm-hmm. I didn't always feel proud that I was making this decision. Now yeah. I'm a lot more like, I don't really give a fuck. I'm doing yeah. what I yeah. want to do. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, when you're in your mid twenties, it's a different story or early thirties. Mm-hmm. Like you, you feel the weight of everyone's judgment and you mm-hmm. think it matters. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately <Right? laughs> you, you think that it matters. You think that what they say matters somehow in your life and you got to realize it just doesn't because unless mm-hmm. they're paying for you to, you know, or taking care, cause none of the, that's the thing. None of these people volunteer their services or their money. <laughs> right. Like they don't say, Hey, you're going to be a stay at home mom. You know, let me watch them while I go to work. Um, Yeah. And then when you talk about finances, especially once you start getting multiple kids, the cost of daycare is just can outweigh how much you make. Yeah. So you're bringing home like a hundred bucks a week, maybe, you know, you're like, what is the point? What's the point? What what is the the mental stress and emotional Mm -hmm. stress of of all that Mm -hmm. for, you know, a few hundred bucks? Yep. And it just, you know, because taking a baby in especially in california at the time it was like two thousand dollars a month to drop uh-huh. off uh-huh. And, until she until she was potty trained she it would yeah. be two thousand dollars a month and that's yeah. obviously post taxes so even though technically i made more than that that's half of my paycheck <laughs> like <laughs> like for yeah yeah and for, and then you don't even get like you're not i don't know 
so I think everybody should make their own choice. I don't have mm-hmm. any issue with mm-hmm. anybody making whatever choice they make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was just highly disappointed on that I was attacked so much and felt mm-hmm. so belittled because that was a choice I made. Yep. So my uh, kids all went, yeah, the, even the last one went to two years of um, preschool with this teacher and she's taught me this phrase, which I'm going to, I think I've said it on the show before. And it's like, everyone is like using this muscle or we're trying to teach everyone to use this muscle this year already. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's like just the most simple saying that it's, yeah. I support your choice. Yeah. <gasps> She says it all the time. And then my little kids, like little yeah. two-year-olds were like, I support your choice. Or she says it to them all the time. Yeah. And so like in the small town, you know, all the kids went to her and then all the moms started saying it. I support oh. your choice. And now it's like a thing in my mom group. All our kids are like 12, 14 now. And we're, we still like text each other. Like, I think I did today or yesterday to, the, to them. I support your choice. Yeah. And it's been a big year for that, like COVID stuff and yeah. like sending your kids to school or not sending your kids to school and knowing like different things work for different people. And, you know, mm-hmm. I love like, and I, I remember, you know, putting a photo of my kids going to school that mm-hmm. was like, I support your choice. You mm-hmm. know, everyone take that, take that, put it in your little toolbox. You don't have to agree. <laughs> and for me, I'm yep. like, I have the ability to be home right now. So. Yeah because we have social distancing, Mm -hmm. I honestly don't think it's fair for me to send my kids to school because Mm -hmm. there are other people who need their kids in school. Right. And like I said, we said before, the teachers are working so hard to figure all this out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's a better idea that they just stay home for now. And then when they can figure it out or the teachers get all this under control, then Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, that's a discussion we can have. Mm -hmm. And I do have the option. And Mm -hmm. I think there are people, I see a lot of people who need it. They have that Mm -hmm. day job. They can't work from home. They Mm -hmm. don't have any options. They have to be gone all day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not really fair. Mm -hmm. And I, because I have that option, I'm going to utilize it for now. Now in six months, that might be a different conversation. Mm -hmm. But it's fluid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I don't I don't knock anybody like the Mm -hmm. fact that people are knocking people for sending their kids to school. Mm -hmm. um, The only thing that I saw that I guess resonated with me is, Mm -hmm. yes, there are some kids like yours that Mm -hmm. require that outside simulation, but not Mm -hmm. all kids require it. And I think some parents are projecting their desire that their kids go to school <laughs> onto them. Right, right. And, right. you know, I think that's that becomes a little troubling because then right. the, the child isn't going because they need to, but the parents... Now, if the parent needs to send their kid for their own mental well-being, that's one thing. There's another thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a different thing because that, yeah. is, that is definitely a very real thing that, you know, yep. yeah. some pa- parents... Because that's what it... That's what it, it seems to be very odd to me because... Even though I'm very much into teaching my children, believing that I am the first teacher, believing that I will do so much for them, I am not under any kind of preconceived notion that every parent had children with the expectation that they were going to be their soul, their child's sole teacher right. for an extended period of time. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when people are like, I just can't do it. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I feel bad. Like. You know, what can I do to help you? How can I support you? Mm-hmm. Like, that's rough if that's mm-hmm. not where your your mind is or your emotions are, your mental mm-hmm. state is. It's just, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine. 
Mm-hmm. So, and you have to give people grace for that. Like, if that's mm-hmm. why they have to send their kids to school, that's that's a pretty darn good reason. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the uh, the classic like like fill your cup up first. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if if yeah. you know staying at home, being overwhelmed with your kids is going to be so detrimental to your mental health. You know? Yeah. That yeah, it's yeah. absolutely a thing. I don't want to be like, and so 10 years you stayed home. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I want to, I want to get to like, to what you're doing now, you know? Okay. And like, I feel like you started a project. Was it this year or last year that you started this? Oh, uh, last, uh, this year, this year, this on year. my birthday. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's been like a weird year. right? Yes. Well, there's a lot of things. I'm like, which project are you talking about? Right. So, yeah. okay. So. Well, tell us about all of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me just. Let me, I'm going to do a little skip and then get yeah, to do now. It. Yep. Do it. So then living in California, mm-hmm. um, my baby was a uh, IUD baby. Okay. <laughs> and so we surprise had a fourth. fourth. And um, my third. I had a birth control baby. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it happens. It happens. And yeah. so I had my, my first daughter, the older, the, the mm. older one. And she was so attached to me. She's like my little love bug. She's my mini me. She's, you know, all over me. So when I got pregnant, I was like, there's just no way I can have two of them. And then when it was a girl, I was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to be the same. And I'm going to have a completely mental break. And thankfully, that's not the case. But part of that made uh, we had another discussion about what we we're going to do. And we ended up moving to Florida. That was the catalyst to us moving across the country. OK, OK. So now we're in Florida and my husband's family lives here. Okay. And so they've been begging us to move out here since my son was born. They're like, we mm-hmm. just want to be around our grandkids. So we finally made that that leap. So on one hand, it's been great because financially, it's a little cheaper to live here. So mm-hmm. we had a little bit more breathing room. On the other hand, I felt industry is not great here. Professionalism mm-hmm. is not great here. <laughs> not professionalism. Like people are professionals. Right. but. Like in California, there's always something going on. Like every night, right? You're out and about, and there's so many things mm-hmm. to do. And here, mm-hmm. it's just like not that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like getting you were, in, you were in Los Angeles before, right? Yeah, I was in right. the suburbs of Los Angeles, yeah. but, but you know, still like close. Close. The activity yeah. level. You're probably not in such a big city. Yeah, it's not. Yes. It, it, we're probably about the same distance away, but. Mm-hmm. California has been built up so much mm-hmm. that there's a lot it more. Out. It's yeah. sprawled. It's sprawling. Yeah. So that was kind of an adjustment and just like meeting other people, meeting other mm-hmm. adults. And so there was, like I said, I've done like MLM and just to kind of get out of the house and mm-hmm. some real estate stuff. So what brings me to my most current project, actually, the I guess the seed was planted last year. Mm -hmm. So around my 40th birthday last year, Mm -hmm. a a little bit before, just kind of woke up and looked around and I was like, I kind of hate everything that's going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And and it wasn't like there was anything wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. marriage was still pretty strong. The kids were growing up smart and good, Mm -hmm. but like, I used to be like super duper clean and my house is always a mess. And I <laughs> I used to take a lot more pride in my appearance and not even like 
hair and makeup. I was not that big mm-hmm. into hair and makeup, but just like working out and feeling good and eating good. And mm-hmm. that had gone out the window. I just looked around and I was just like, this isn't what I want. And if this is, and then our marriage, even though our marriage was solid, it was boring. And boring. Right. You know, at that point, we'd been married 12 years and it was just, I could tell you everything that's going to happen during the week. And it was a whole lot of nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So this is, oh, I love this. Go on. (laughs) I don't want to just, yep, go on. (laughs) And so, you know, my husband and I just kind of like, I I talked to him. I was like, I am not feeling this and I don't think I want to be here anymore. And I didn't really know what the thing, what What you meant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, I just want to not do this anymore. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, I think I want to just leave. And Mm -hmm. he was like, what? (laughs) You know? (laughs) And, and the thing is, a lot of the issues that we've addressed since were all issues that I had complained about over the years, but mm-hmm. I had given up complaining because nothing was changing. Right. So it was, you know, I want us to spend quality time together. Like, I'm a big TV and movie watcher, huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I literally at the time watched no TV together. Like, mm-hmm. not one show did we sit down, carve out. And over the years, we... I had tried it with Mad Men and Breaking Bad, and I think there was one more. And I would be like, there's this, yes, they're awesome shows. Both those shows, yes. (laughs) And I would say, let's watch this show together. And for Mm -hmm. some reason in his head, he was like, great, this is a great show. I'm going to watch this. And so he would just watch it on his own. And, and I was just like, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> that's not the point. I that's- meant Netflix and chill with you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. And I was just so like, you know, frustrated. I was like, I don't understand. Why is this this hard? This shouldn't be this hard. I'm just literally just asking him to watch a television show with you. Um, and then when it came to the kids, it was, you know, all you know, all the memes and articles that go around about emotional labor. Labor. It was like, yes, I had mm-hmm. to plan out all the things for all the kids all mm-hmm. the time. And I'm like, how come you don't do any of these things? Like, I mean, do you even know? And it came to a head because I was talking about. I think it was either spring break or summer break coming up mm-hmm. and i was like trying to give him options like yeah i was thinking about this i was thinking about this and i think about this and his response was yeah uh-huh and i'm like that's all i get like uh-huh like no input is it good is it bad should we do it should we not do you like it can you help like nothing there was like no input no. whatsoever and i just really got to the point where i was just like i can't i just can't do all of this and i feel mm-hmm. like even though we're married, even though obviously he's paying the bills, I felt very much like a single mother. And I was like, I think we need, and he he expressed that he wanted to stay married and he wanted us to make this work. And I was like, then we need to go to therapy. Again, mm-hmm. something else I had suggested years before. <laughs> but this was its first time he agreed. And mm-hmm. one of the th- caveats to it was, I didn't want us to start in couples counseling. I wanted us to start in individual counsel- mm-hmm. counseling. Yep. So I found a therapist for me. He found a therapist for him. Mm-hmm. And his therapist is absolutely amazing. I'm relatively introspective. So I rarely mm-hmm. go to therapists and they say something that I already don't know. It's just mm-hmm. whether I want to implement it or not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but for him, he was just like, he came home from the first 
meeting on fire just like- on fire he had like a whole pa- pages of notes taking that he did <laughs> And he was like, why didn't I start this earlier? I would have been so much farther in my life if I had just done this. And I was like, I don't know. I've been suggesting it. And you didn't think that was important. So I can't answer that question for you. (laughs) And but he's steadily going. I go on and off. Like I'll go, you know, maybe three or four times and take a break and go three or four times. And this is since last April. Mm -hmm. So my birthday's in April. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And so... As I started talking about this with people that I knew, like mm-hmm. this experience, I ended up have, meeting a lot of women who had a very similar experience. Like they mm-hmm. just kind of woke up this moment one day and just said, I need something different. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's just not this. Yep. And some had an idea of what that is. Some didn't. And so that birth the other side of 40 and i wanted it to be more than my voice so i actually have a blog so you can contribute by writing your okay. emotions your feelings and then i have a podcast where i do the interviewing and it's just been phenomenal to hear the stories and the whole point is listening to stories of women who did things after the age of 40 like yeah. these aren't things that they had like in their pocket that they had you know, been slowly working on. Been planning on, yeah. They've been planning on and now right. it's 40 and then now it's taking right. off. It's, no, they didn't even think about it before. Mm-hmm. And then they got to a certain age and they're like, oh no, this is, uh, the, uh, I need to change. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's been phenomenal. I mean, people have started their own businesses. Mm-hmm. One woman told me about her story. You call it a moment, I call it an awakening moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um mm-hmm. And she said hers started with cutting her hair or going natural with her hair. So okay. instead of pressing it out as a black woman, instead of pressing mm-hmm. it out and putting chemicals in it and stuff mm-hmm. like that, she stopped doing that. And then from there, it started rolling into more stuff like healthy eating. Mm-hmm. And then she started, you know, getting that clarity and then realized that her husband was probably a little bit more abusive than she thought he was. Mm-hmm. And when she started making these changes, all that kind of stuff came up. So she ended up leaving him mm-hmm. so, because <laughs> he didn't want to keep up with her. And so part of the reason I started it as well is to create this community. Because yeah. what I realized is making massive sweeping changes is really hard when you have no support. Yep. So, yep. Especially sometimes those massive sweeping changes are going to pull things um, and the people that I've met is they might lose family, they might lose friends, they yeah. might have jobs, churches, like there's been all sorts of, when, when you're faced with like something that's going to change those things, mm-hmm. it's hard because you're like, okay, so not only am I going to lose, you know, like let's say a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, not only am I going to lose my husband, I'm going to lose, you know, half the people at church or whatever, yeah. you know, it's really hard to see the other side of that. There will be other people there and right. you're going to meet new people and you're going to, there's going to be, you know. People you didn't even know are yeah. going to be coming out of the woodwork. Well, maybe that, not out of the woodwork, but. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a point. It's like yeah. a lot of people don't see that and they don't want to mm-hmm. fit. They don't want to go through it because all they can see mm-hmm. is how much you'll lose and not how much you'll gain. The, yep, exactly. And I think that's why both you and I have started these projects and have, I feel like a similar goal is to, you know, put a microphone mm-hmm. <laughs> in front of these stories because 
there's so much it's like the antidote to the social media culture um i feel like of like oh look at like the highlight reel of like yeah. look how great everything is i'm like <laughs> let's talk about the real stuff yeah <laughs> right. and that's true because that mm-hmm. i mean that's really the the part you know the fact mm-hmm. that you know you have to plan sex or plan dates and mm-hmm. um we because we had fallen in such a funk uh-huh. even dating was weird you know what i'm yep. saying it was like yep. what do we do well we can go to dinner again right and we did a yeah. lot of dinners yes lots of dinners <laughs> and i'm like but what about like doing something else so my husband got this book called adventure adventure okay. game the adventure game couples edition and okay. so you can get it for a kid you can get it for an individual i really need to seek them out for sponsorship um, <laughs> yes <laughs> Basically, it's a scratchy scratch off game. Okay. So you open a book and it has like some variables like how much time do you have? How much planning okay. do you want to do? Do okay. you, Are you going to be home or are you going to be out? And then okay. you see those variables and then you pick the activity, but you don't know what the actual activity is until you decide. So then when you decide God. which one it is, then you scratch, then you scratch. scratch it off and then it actually tells you what the activity is. Tell me the name of it again. The Adventure Game. The adventure game okay yeah so like one of it it was like something outdoors um or something out of the house no planning a couple of hours right so mm-hmm. and then oh and nighttime because you can also choose what time of day you want and we picked one that had those variables and mm-hmm. it ended up being unfortunately this is during covid but it's like go to a bar go to a bar a restaurant or club and go dancing with your spouse and the only caveat of the book, obviously, is you commit to it. So we're like, okay, well, I'm not going in any bars or clubs or restaurants. Right. So Shit. right now, <laughs> Shit. exactly. Right. So we went to a beach, you know, Florida, lots of beaches, right. and we pulled out a little boom box, um, a little uh, Bluetooth mm-hmm. speaker, mm-hmm. put it out. He even made a playlist for it. And we went out and danced on the beach, basically. Awesome. So it was I something love, very way different. Way to COVID pivot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to. Night. You got to. Oh, man. So And there were people uh, there. So it wasn't like we right. did it in private. And of course, they were right. looking at us like we're crazy. You're like, <laughs> we got this book. And let me tell you, we had to scratch this thing off. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and then the book has like notes. So you can take notes. And then of what there's you like did. of what you did. And then it has like actually a little sticky place that mm-hmm. if you, there's like a picture you want to save from that occasion, you can stick okay. it in the book itself. So it's super cute. And it makes it takes a lot of pressure off the planning because yes. that's the thing. It's like, well, what do you do? I want to do something interesting. Well, what is interesting? I, I don't know. What is it right? You know, it, I, and then when you end up yes. not doing anything because you're. Yes overwhelmed with choice yes and then there's no choice actually you know like Mm -hmm. so we were we we were supposed to go to mexico today uh, today this year was our 15 year anniversary we were going to go to mexico on the beach thank you um but you know like i said pick one of the 16 obvious reasons of why we didn't go (laughs) right you know we still haven't opened a business we tried to open in april you know yeah Uh, and so our anniversary it was truly the day of because i mean that's just been this year yeah like what are we gonna do what are we gonna do we've already been to like the two fancy restaurants in town you Mm -hmm. know because we lived here for a year and a half and so i hit up some friends and i was like okay anniversary dinner i don't care if it's out of town go you know like is there some because i'm relatively new i've lived in this place for a year and a half but like Mm -hmm. now eight months of it we've been in quarantine basically you know 
And a friend of mine gave me this suggestion and it was um, 80 miles away towards Abilene, like right outside mm-hmm. of Abilene. And it was perfect. Like we got to drive and I, I mean, we just, that's all I needed was just drive together and listen to a podcast. Because yeah. <laughs> we talk all the time. We own a business together. We're always talking, you know? Right, right. And we had this dinner and it was just like you pulled up and there's all these trees and lights underneath it. And it's an old like mm-hmm. Texas steakhouse barbecue. Pl- I mean, it was just like, that's what we needed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Something because we started to do the like, okay, we'll just go to the fancy restaurant in town, you know. And that and that's what you kind of, especially when you're a couple mm-hmm. and you know each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so I know you like this place. So mm-hmm. I guess we'll go to this place. There. We went to the place I like last time. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is my time. Time is yours. Yeah. 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 And so it was just. And, and then for me, I'm like, he's very much of, he can go, once he knows he likes a place, we can mm-hmm. go three million times and he right, wouldn't care. Right. But you're, for you me, want the spice of life. I'm like, this is good, but maybe mm-hmm. this other place is better. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's try. Let's try. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. not. And then, you know, making sure, but part of the book, like, that I appreciate is it tells you once you scratch this off, you're committed to doing it. Period. And obviously, you got to have the, agreement between you two that that's what's gonna happen <laughs> right right so um the first one was different the first one that we did was it said draw a cartoon together oh wow that showed your trajectory okay like uh-huh. your your story yep tell your story in a cartoon so it was interesting because i don't draw mm-hmm. <laughs> so so he you did the draw. drawing and uh-huh. i did the story So, you know, I wrote out the storyline, you know, pretty in depth and as he drew. And so we just sat next to each other and what you drawing over there? Okay. All right. Is this, you know, he's asking me, well, what's the next beat we're going to take, you know, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So it it allowed us to kind of collaborate Mm -hmm. and have some idea of what we were doing and, Mm -hmm. you know, remembering some of the good times and it was fun. Oh, that's nice. So are you still doing individual or have you gone together for couples therapy? Oh, yes, yes. And then we went, um, mm-hmm. we did individual for about four months and then we started mm-hmm. couples. So, oh, great. yeah. So we still go to couples. Uh, I think our next session's from Friday. Um, right. <laughs> and now so, it's more of a check-in, but yeah, right, we still go. Right. It's like you've got like the, the wheels in motion. Yeah. And like, I love that you just like had this, I just love this moment because it's so relatable where it's like, Right on your 40th birthday, you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Right? Like, and it was that, let me guess that word, monotony that we talked yeah. about earlier, you know? And it was just like, this can't be what we're meant to do, right? Just this over and over and over again. Well, it was it was that and the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, women live to like 80. So, yeah, yeah we <laughs> am I going to do this for the next 40, 40 years? <laughs> That's is this it? it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I just couldn't imagine. I, mm-hmm. I I looked around. I was like, I just can't imagine doing this for forty years. Like, yeah. I need something. I need something yeah. different in my yeah. life. This ain't. So, what working. else have you pulled in? Like, you you individual therapy and a couples therapy. Is there any other like stuff you've pulled in in the last you know year and a half since that birthday? Like, have you started exercising? Like, what what else has like come together for you when you had that moment? Exercising mm-hmm. has been on and off. Like, you know, mm-hmm. COVID's really put a real bummer on everything yeah i started this is a weird thing about COVID. like when it happened i was like listen we can make it through Mm -hmm. it's going to be a long stretch Mm -hmm. but we can do it yep yep but things got so messed up from the top down yeah (laughs) that stressed me out so anyway yep 
my my workout at the first month was like on it like yeah i was working out and then i did this fast and i was like i'm good and then i completely fell off of everything mm-hmm. and i was just like i'm just emotionally physically mentally exhausted yep but one of the things that we did continue for like our relationship mm-hmm. is from couples counseling we have a regular check-in time so once a week we check in with each other Mm -hmm. and we're allowed to say whatever we is on our mind without without judgment without like a defense and then we have to talk it through right on you know well what do you mean and we're asking more open question open-ended questions than did you you know getting a defensive so that's helped a lot because that has helped us shape different things and different talks and growing. So one of the things Mm -hmm. that I realized in talking was I don't like to cook. Mm -hmm. My husband loves to cook and he's a very good cook. And he keeps asking me like, what do I want to cook? And I'm like, I really don't care. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't care. Do you have something in mind? And one of these conversations, I just had to say, listen, I think about food when I'm hungry. If I'm not hungry, I really don't think about it that much. And I'm not that person who wakes up and goes, I really think this is what I want for dinner. Mm-hmm. He is that person. I'm that person. Yeah. <laughs> he is I get that him. Person. I get him. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't have a problem, you know, cooking the meal. But if you have something in mind, just tell me, hey, just April, tell me. I want X, Y and Z for dinner. OK, right. I'll go make it. But Can you make that chicken piccata. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I just don't think about it much. And, mm-hmm. you know, it really taught, it actually took a couple of sessions of us talking about it for him to realize that. And then what I realized is, okay, so I grew up, my dad also, my stepdad actually did most of the cooking growing up and my mom didn't really cook. And I tried to cook with him and he would basically tell me that I could, I could watch him cook. I couldn't mm-hmm. participate in it, which is really hard when you're starting to cook, right? Like mm-hmm. just watching someone do it. You, I don't know what you're doing. And I'm not understanding because it wasn't like he was going to explain it to me. He was mm-hmm. literally meant watch me cook and figure it out. <laughs> um, it's not a lesson. It's no, truly it's, observatory. Yes. If you want to find out what I'm doing, just stand here yeah, yeah. and then hopefully and, and not stand right here. Like you got to stand over there. over there. Yeah, because then you'll be on my way. So right. and then I tried to, you know, get my mom to cook, help me cook because she can cook actually quite well mm-hmm. as well. And she was more of the well you just know what goes together and you just put it in a pot and i was just like I, I don't i don't i don't know what goes together that's the whole point like <laughs> i just know salt and pepper right and i know there's these other things in there like called spices like if you told me rosemary i would know where to get it but i don't right. know what it goes in or what it tastes right. like and she's like yeah you just taste it and then you know and i was like i does it work that way? Like, yeah, I really. feel like I watch all these cooking shows and none of them work that way. So, yeah. and I was really interested in it, but I was very timid about trying stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and then I had talked to him about helping, you know, working one time and mm-hmm. he got, it was just a very awkward moment. Like he, he was very much like, just do this, just do this, just do this. And I was like, well, this is not exactly what I meant. And so it just turned me off <laughs> to the idea of doing it with him at all. Right. So, we had one of these conversations where like I just felt very rejected from you when Mm -hmm. here I am trying to learn something Mm because one of the things and to make a connection to make a connection because he wanted me to cook what his parents cooked his mom cooks and I was just like I don't know I just I don't Mm -hmm. think I can do that I just Mm -hmm. I can't 
And so, and part of that is like a rejection of fear rejection. Mm -hmm. It's not as good. Mm -hmm. It's not as this. Because he Mm -hmm. does have his particular taste and he wants it to taste a particular way. So, Mm -hmm. but we worked through that. Part of that was the weekly conversations. It's like one thing came Mm -hmm. up and then another thing came up. And so it was like Mm -hmm. two or three different sessions where we just talked, talked Mm -hmm. it out and, Mm -hmm. you know, to feel better about it. Working out, but just clarity on like work. I mean, the biggest issue was since I'm going back to work, trying to mm-hmm. get all of my resume to make sense to mm-hmm. sell to someone else, but just feeling a lot more confident in what I'm doing. Like I launched the other side of 40 on my birthday this year, okay. which is something I would have never done in the past. I would have yeah. kept pushing it off, thinking about it, telling mm-hmm. me, telling something. I mean, mm-hmm. even with COVID, it was just like, well, I'll do it when, you know, life goes back. Uh, right. To normal. When to normal. That is, whenever right. that is. Yeah. Exactly. And I was just, I was like, nope, I'm going to launch on my birthday and I'm going to get a few episodes Mm -hmm. done. I'm going to put some feelers out there and see who's Mm -hmm. interested. Mm -hmm. And I've been going strong for since my birthday, since April. Mm -hmm. And it's been awesome. I love it. Where can people find it? There is yeah, right. everywhere. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the, we- the website is the other side of 40.com mm-hmm. and then all of these social media pages are other side 40, the number 40. Four, yeah. Yeah, just those four there's zero. no 40. Yep. And that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I even have a Facebook group that I have mm-hmm. quite a bit of things going on in. So, it's been awesome. Oh, awesome. Want to do some 10 questions? Sure. All right. I love these. Okay. What was your first car? A Chevy Sprint. Oh, what color? Gray. Gray. Yeah. When did you get your period? And I asked her, I'm going to amend this or, you know, because, or when did you start menopause? If you have, if you have, you know what I mean? No. (laughs) Um, 16, I was the last one of my friends to get it. Um, I believe that. And I was so happy I was one of the last friends. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that because I've heard a couple women be like, I wanted it so bad. And as somebody who was 12, I was like, oh, I fucking didn't want it at all. I would have been so happy to be a 16 year old and been like, yes, <laughs> I made it all the way to 16. Oh, I'm I, I never understood why people wanted it. I was Me like, neither. this is for the rest of your life. You do realize yeah. this, right? <laughs> right. Like you want to start the clock now? Why? You, don't be jealous of this. Don't no. be jealous of this, girls. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a fun. mess. It's a, yeah. You know, like there's shit you got to carry around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, toilet paper over, under, or you don't care? Over. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> so when people can answer that, I'm like, no more discussion. Yes. Do you vote in midterms and local elections? Always. Yes. That one's come up because obviously everyone knows how important the national uh, elections are, but we need to talk about midterms. Cilantro, yes or no? When you drink a latte or if you don't drink coffee, if like, I don't know, in your cereal or whatever, mm-hmm. like if you're at Starbucks and you're ordering a latte, what milk do you order? Regular. Normally heavy okay, cream. Like, oh, <laughs> very nice. Very yeah. nice. Can you drive a standard transmission? Sure can. That was my first car. That was every, I so. that was out of, I've had five cars mm-hmm. and only two of two of the five have been um, automatic. automatic and that was only because I had young children at the time when mm-hmm. I purchased it and I just felt it was too hard to um, be able to pay attention to them and drive a stick especially mm-hmm. with them being in the backseat mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's like okay fine I'll take down the multitasking a little bit a little bit just <laughs> a little bit <laughs> uh, what was your kindergarten teacher's name wow that mm-hmm. I don't remember 
any elementary school? Um, my favorite teacher was Mrs. Sanders, mm-hmm. and I went to a Catholic school called Blessed mm-hmm. Sacrament, and I love her, and I'm still in contact with her today. Oh, I love that. I love <laughs> it. What do you regret more, high heels or jalapenos? Regret? Yeah, the next day. Oh, the next day. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. high heels for sure. High yeah. heels. <laughs> By far. Yeah. By far. Oh, that's my 10 questions. Oh, and that so, was easy. I know. I love those. Those are my favorite. <laughs> and I like to remind everybody. So find April on your Instagram or and, um, go find her podcast and rate, review, and subscribe. Subs- rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> uh, other side of 40. And find me at LaJoy Society um, on all the social medias. And of course, rate, review, and all that stuff of the show right now that you're listening to. I keep harping on it. Pick up your phone. You're listening on a phone right now. Hit the stars. <laughs> yes. It's slowly one at a time. Tick, tick. <laughs> slowly yeah. be one more. All right, y'all. We'll meet here again next week. Everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere I'd rather be than to be here. All the made no sense I felt so wrong and out of place now seemed to fit perfectly to tell a story is me